Good day, my name is Dennis Curtis, and this is the Clean Soul Podcast. Today's podcast is titled, A Powerful Advocate. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit mainly today. Point number one, I'm going to talk about the Spirit and how we understand what Spirit is. Uh, Number two, I want to talk about the power of God which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings the power of God. And number three, I'll talk about our powerful advocate. We're so blessed to have an advocate. It is a privilege. I know so many people that are not in the Lord and they don't have this advocate from the Father that we are able to enjoy. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit and about the advocacy of God with us, We want to go as far back in the Bible where it starts, and we go all the way back to Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2, where we see the Holy Spirit begin His work. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And I want to look real carefully at that. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. If we look into the Hebrew here, spirit is ruach. That's uh, breath or wind, ruach. And we look at the spirit of God. God here in the Hebrew is Elohim. Elohim in this case and in, in most cases is almighty or mighty. So we could reread that a little bit and say the wind of mighty God swept over the waters or a mighty wind was sweeping over the waters of the earth. And as I was doing this, I remembered Acts chapter 2, where we have a very similar reading of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. When the day of Pentecost came, They were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So what we have here is we have this powerful uh, sound wind. We have the breath of God, ruach in Hebrew. And in, uh, in Greek, the word spirit here is pneuma, which means the same thing as the Hebrew word. It means breath or wind. So we have the Holy Spirit, a mighty wind, the breath of God, all powerful. As we look in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit comes upon people for a purpose. There's so many examples, I can only uh, talk about a few. So let's first talk about Moses. Moses had the Spirit of God upon him to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. When his father-in-law came and saw that what he was doing, he was governing all of the Israelites, millions of them, all by himself. His father-in-law said, hey, you got to do something here, my words. And so Moses went to the father and asked the father, you know, I need some help here. So God told him, bring 70 of the leaders of the Israelites here to the tent of meeting. So he brought them and God spoke to Moses. And the Bible says that he took some of the Holy Spirit that was on Moses and placed it on the 70 elders. He did this for a purpose so that they could help Moses govern the Israelites. 
And at that time, they prophesied. And the Bible says that they didn't prophesy again. So when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they prophesied. There was a power that came uh, out of their souls or, or, or as the Spirit came upon them, they prophesied. And then they helped Moses govern the people. Another example, Balaam. He's a famous prophet in the Old Testament. And um, though he was doing some wrong stuff, the Holy Spirit came upon him to prophesy about the Israelites, to protect the Israelites. And then we have the Holy Spirit coming upon Gideon. Gideon had the power of the Holy Spirit come upon him to gather the troops of the Israelites and to fight a fight and to win that fight. Samson, he's a famous one. The Holy Spirit came upon him even from birth so that he would deliver uh, the Israelites from their enemies. And even though Samson messed up and he lost the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wasn't on him uh, because he cut his hair and he was disobedient to the Lord. At the end of his life, his hair had grown and he asked the Lord, one more time, Lord, place your Holy Spirit upon me. And as he did, he was able to destroy many of the Israelite enemies by pushing two large pillars apart. And uh, I don't know how big the Colosseum was, but a large Colosseum fell on all these people. So the Holy Spirit comes upon us for a purpose. It comes upon Saul in the Old Testament to be the king. And then he turned away from God and the Holy Spirit left him. And the Holy Spirit came upon David to be a king and uh, stayed on David, I believe, until the end of his days. There's uh, many, even in the New Testament, which is really Old Testament times, Simeon, when Jesus was born and he was brought to the temple, there was a man there named Simeon. And the Bible says that the Spirit was upon him and told him that he would see the Messiah before he died. And then our best example, of course, is Jesus. After Jesus was baptized in water, he came up out of the water and the Holy Spirit came upon him and stayed upon him. We learn from John the Baptist that the Holy Spirit stayed upon Jesus. Jesus began his miraculous ministry at this time. <clears throat> Jesus is God, but God became a man. He was completely a human being. And he received the power of the Holy Spirit, and he listened to the counsel of the Holy Spirit and did what the Father wanted him to do. That's why we see the miraculous ministry in Jesus' life. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we find that the word for spirit is ruach in Hebrew and pneuma in Greek. And it means the same thing, the breath or the wind. Also, we've been talking about the power of God comes on people for a purpose. So let's go into the New Testament here. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. A couple of things here. Number one, we will receive power. In Greek, it's dunamis. And we get uh, the word dynamite in the English from this word, explosive, mighty power. And then we have Holy Spirit. Spirit here 
is pneuma, and that means the breath or the wind. So the power of the breath of God is going to come upon you for a purpose, to be a witness, a witness, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So that means us too. Now we have to remember that the disciples were born again at this time. By the time Acts chapter 1 came around, John, let's go back, John 20, 21 through 22. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. This is after he was raised from the dead. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So here Jesus is coming in his resurrected body, and he's saying, the Father has sent me, and I am sending you in the same way. And then he breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. So they were born again at this time, and then in Acts chapter 1 and and chapter 2, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them, wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit, for God to put the power on you so that you can be my witness. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And I know I read this before, but let me read it again. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So the day of Pentecost came, a special day that God uh, had ordained. They were all together in one place. If you look in the Greek here, it's more than just sitting together in one place. They were in unity in one place. They all had the same thing in mind. They were praying to the Lord. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit doesn't stop at the second chapter of Acts. He continues again and again to fill people with the Holy Spirit, different people, and even the same people. Once, just after they had come out of jail, they uh, went and prayed to the Lord, and they asked the Lord to fill them with the Holy Spirit and boldness, and they went out and preached the gospel with boldness and miraculous signs. Then we go to the Holy Spirit continues in Acts eleven fifteen. As I began to speak, Peter continued, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he fell on us at the beginning. So here in Acts chapter 11, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in tongues just like in the beginning. Doesn't say that, but it implies that. <clears throat> and also it says he, a male or a masculine pronoun, he fell on us in the beginning. So the Holy Spirit <clears throat> is not just power. He's not an it. He's not um, something different than a person. He is a person. He's God, of course, but he is an intimate, uh, a separate person. We have the Father, we have the Son, we have the Holy Spirit. And throughout the Bible, we find that they are separate. They each have their own will. They all have their own purpose, and they're doing this in unity. So we have to remember, the Holy Spirit is not an it. And I've heard that said many times. It has power. No, Holy Spirit, He has power. He has a will. And I've talked about that in other podcasts. So let's push on. Acts chapter 10, 
the Holy Spirit comes to Gentiles, Acts 10, 44. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, fell upon all who were listening to the message. And Acts 19, 6, when Paul placed his hands on them, the disciples that were there, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So the Holy Spirit is being poured out in power for a purpose. And the purpose is so that we can be a powerful witness. We can be like Jesus. He's our master. He's our savior. He's our God. But he's called us to be like him. That's why we're called Christians, little Christs. So Jesus is our example. He's placed the Holy Spirit inside of us when we're born again and then upon us when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And throughout church history, you will find this recorded. People are are saved and then they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's many different words used for this, the baptism, the Holy Spirit, the second blessing, uh, a second grace, and many other things. But here we understand it. We're born again and then we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of God for a purpose. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. <clears throat> but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. This is what the Holy Spirit gives us. This, this is what the fruit of the Spirit is going to be in our lives. And this is a good indicator. I remember there's times where I've been so impatient, even to the point of being angry. I remember one time uh, I was in Iceland. I was a born-again Christian. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I was struggling with anger. It was impatience and fear kind of combination. And I remember my boss telling me I had to do something. I don't remember the details, but it was going to take some of my private time. I was going to have to work overtime. And I was really upset. <clears throat> and I got in the guy's face and I told him this wasn't fair. I don't remember the words I said, but I do remember the words that he said. He looked at me and then he looked at the guys next to me and he said, this guy is dangerous. And that these words, this guy is dangerous, hit me like a brick. I was so taken back. Here I was a Christian and I was called dangerous because of my attitude, because of my anger. And the fruit of the spirit was not being shown in my life. This changed me. I had to repent before God and give this up. And through a process of many years, God would bring me into trial. And there would be times where I would, anger would rise up inside of me. But I said, no, <clears throat> no more anger for me. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to have joy in my heart. And I would slowly let the spirit take over instead of me being angry. There's many other examples. And uh, God wants the Holy Spirit to have such a way in our hearts. He's not going to control us. I don't believe the Holy Spirit controls us. I believe he counsels us and that we are to be obedient to him. I'm sure he helps us words, situations, circumstances, but I don't believe he controls us. He uh, advises us. He's an advocate, a counselor. Will we do it? It's just like Jesus. The father would tell Jesus to do something and Jesus would do it. The father would show Jesus what he's doing and Jesus would join the father. And I believe that's what we have to do also. Let's talk about 
Point number three, a powerful advocate. John 14, 16 and 17. I'll read it. And I will ask the Father, it's Jesus speaking, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. A ton to unpack here. This is such a cool verse or verses. First of all, Jesus is asking the Father to send the Holy Spirit, but he uses some specific words in Greek. He will give you another advocate. Another is a specific word in Greek, meaning of the same sort, of similar to me, like me. I will send to you somebody just like me, an advocate. Advocate here is parakletos. It means call to one side. It's a verbal adjective. In other words, he's going to speak to us and he's going to give us aid. That's why many translators translate this parakletos as counselor, one who pleads another's case. So that's what Jesus is saying. Another counselor, just like me, is coming, an advocate, and he will be with you forever. The Holy Spirit will come into us when we're born again, and he'll never leave us. He will always be with us. When we go to heaven, he will be the one giving us eternal life. Eternal life is really God in us. And then lastly, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. I had to dig into this a little bit because I've never seen the Holy Spirit. But if you think about it for a minute, I've never seen the wind either, but I see the effects of the wind. If you look at a tree, especially in the summer, you can see the wind either blowing hard or slightly blowing through there. And that's the same with the Holy Spirit. We see the Holy Spirit in love and joy and peace, not only in our lives, but in lives around us. So we see what he is doing. We see him. Let's continue. First John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But we have, <clears throat> but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So there we have it right there. Jesus is also, it's the same word, parakletos. We have an advocate, a counselor with the Father, Jesus Christ. So God so loved the world that he, he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. God sent an advocate to us in Jesus Christ. Jesus pleaded our case and actually took our punishment. Now the Holy Spirit has come and he is pleading our case. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit can pray through us, not only praying in tongues, but also with groaning and moaning deep within our spirit beyond words. The Holy Spirit is pleading our case before the Father. So we have the privilege of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, and we have the privilege of the Holy Spirit coming upon us in the baptism and the Holy Spirit of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of being a witness. And the fruit of that Spirit is going to be love, joy, peace, patience. Think of these words, 
kindness, goodness, self-control. That is going to be the fruit in our life if we allow the Holy Spirit to do uh, what he wants done in our lives. Romans 8, 9 and 10. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ in these uh, words right here. And we see that in Jesus' teaching also in chapter 14. He says, The Father is in me, and I am in the Father, and you are in me. And so we are in God. We are in Christ. What a tremendous thought and privilege that God lives inside of us by the power of His Spirit for the purpose of His will. This is the Clean Soul Podcast. I'm Dennis Curtis. If you're listening to the audio podcast right now, I just want you to know that these podcasts are also available on YouTube. Just search The Clean Soul and Dennis Curtis, The Clean Soul, Dennis Curtis, and then select The Clean Soul Biblical Teaching, and it'll show all of my teachings there. Let me pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would anoint us with your Holy Spirit's power to be a witness for you in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, Father. We ask you for that power, and we thank you that we have an advocate in Jesus and in the Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.